Welcome back at the Seahawks Podcast and today we're diving into the future of spaces. We have an absolute expert in this field and you're going to explore the seventh place. Enjoy the dive into these spatial dimensions. Enjoy the Seahawks Podcast. Welcome to the Sea Arts Podcast. We build a bridge between arts and business and want to inspire you to see arts. Today we're talking about the future of spaces and I'm welcoming Katharina Aguilar with me. She's the co-founder of Seven Places, an innovation agency in Stuttgart focusing on the creation of these innovative spaces. With their creator of less talking, more acting, they explore and design future spaces at the intersection of technology and state-of-the-art architecture. And a funny side fact is that over a decade ago, we've been studying together in Stuttgart. She at Bosch, me at IBM. And so it's an inspiring catch up for me. And I'm sure our listeners are as excited as me to dive into this world of spaces, what the future space will look at. And yeah, to have an inspiring conversation. Thanks for taking the time. And yeah. Thank you, Fabi. Wow, I just I'm just diving into this uh, conversation and I just realized we'll do it on, in English, <laughs> but no problem. So uh, we studied international business, so I should be able to do it in English as well. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I think it's really stunning b looking 10 years back in time, you and me sitting in university. Sometimes we even sat next to each other and maybe we were both kind of outlaws over there <laughs> i think so i can definitely our, agree in our own ways <laughs> and right now both of us have our own companies and i think we can be a bit proud of that because we started we started in this big company environment both of us and uh, it's really it's been a way to go and getting here and uh, I'm really happy to talk to you and you made your way in this artsy event and um, stage part of our society and myself in the spaces part and now we're we're getting back to each other looking forward to the to the podcast <laughs> totally yeah it's a it's a fun journey but as you said I think uh, both of us we found our way and are creating things that that we love and I think that's uh, that's a passion that we want to to bring to to the world and to well to get the audience a, a bit more of an insight of you tell us a little bit like who are you how did you evolve from international business into architecture space design innovation thinking uh, what happened over the last decade that lead yes. finally to uh, to seven places Yeah, I will. So fun fact is I actually always wanted to study interior design, but I was just, I didn't have the guts to do it because I thought I'm not the person that's really good at drawing and I didn't have this kind of portfolio. They say you need to have, if you apply for such a study, um, yeah, environment and so I didn't do it. I said, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do something really hands-on or something you can make a lot of money with and that's what your family always wants you to do they so, they are so proud when you say oh i got this study place in this really really exclusive program with a really big company i'm i'm only 18 years old um and somehow families kind of 
prefer these things for their kids. The secure <laughs> <Over> one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I did it. I was proud. I got this place. I, I had really good grades at school and that was kind of a prerequisite for our program. I did it and I enjoyed it because of all these international um, experiences we could collect. I was in Japan and in France and it was really exciting. And after that, I also got a really good job within Bosch, big company for automotive um, supplies. And I had a great time there and I learned so much, but kind of I lost my passion on the way. I was really passionate about the projects I had because I'm able to be passionate about anything, I think. <laughs> it's part of my personality. Um, and I, I made a lot of innovative uh, things. We had innovation projects around trucks and, and buses and construction machinery. And we had the task to bring automated driving and connected mobility into these special special trucks. And I figured out that innovation really is my thing but big company isn't. And um, I had some experiences there, especially as young woman, um, blonde, not with technical background, but into technical topics, always being questioned. I always had to um, get into fights just over my competence before it went into real, um, the real project inside and that was something I just I, I thought it's a waste of energy and that brought me into kind of thinking what is my passion what's what is my follow the passion topic and I had this innovative part inside of me already and I did start up topics there and I wanted to keep going with something like that but I thought actually trucks buses construction machines that's not what my heart is burning for and um, I, I would dig deep in my soul <laughs> and got back to the interior design part. And then as life sometimes hits you with some, some opportunities, it did. And I got to know my now business partner, Frank Dittel. And he has an interior design office since 2005 here in Stuttgart, medium size, like 30 employees. And I just met him because I had a friend and he's a mutual friend of both of us. And we just got into talking and he said, I'm always looking for this innovation part and everyone is talking about digitalization, but spaces don't have it. Why don't they? And there are only really a few people who just even think about innovation in, in spaces. Why is that? Because they're not just built like that, architects. They get into university and learn how to build with bricks and steel, but not with innovation. And so we talked and talked and I said, come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of this big company thing. I'm gonna try it. And I, I stepped out of Bosch. It really hurt my heart because I had so many great colleagues and everyone was like, oh my God, are you going crazy now? You have this stable job in this big company. It's amazing. And you step out and go into this small thing. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea of space. You like it, but you don't know how to do it. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try. It's maybe part of my personality. I don't even know the English word in German. It's Größenwahnsinnig. <laughs> megalomaniac thinks so. <laughs> yeah, megalomaniac. I am. <laughs> I just always think I'm gonna grow wings by after I jump by flying. 
and we kind of did it until here it, it worked out it was of course a hard way to go we had to learn things but right now we build up seven places out of this architectural office we build another company together and we're not only doing smart spaces by integrating technology into space thinking what do our customers which are tourist information hotels gastro like bars restaurants and um, office spaces what do people who work there or who consume there need in the future what's their what's their most what are their pains and what gains can we create if we put technology into space if we guide them through technology if we put like screens and user interfaces into space and they talk to them and they interact with space because we think that's the future and we already see how it works like in automobiles everything is smart there it's all over with sensors but if you look at future car studies you can see that it's not like techy techy looking it's really comfortable and they kind of manage to integrate technology in a really, really seamless way. And that's what we want to do with space. And we always ask ourselves, how come cars have all this? They already have it for decades now, but spaces don't because they're just like so static. And when they are built, you start planning 10 years before and 10 years later, the technology is already there, but you didn't plan with it and you and architects usually don't have that kind of competence and we want to change that we really want to have a change in this whole industry and we do it from our little little capsule here in stuttgart but we're we're having a really good start and we have a lot of interested customers and we have we're already having some realized projects and right now i have three construction zones ongoing and i'm uh, freaking out <laughs> because construction zone is always crazy life and you have to handle so many things especially when it's complex and you integrate technology but um, now i found my passion and i'm really happy about it wow well, thanks so much for well, sharing this leap of faith into the unknown and i well i can agree that oftentimes these big corporations mm -hmm. they don't have this kind of startup feeling they give some kind of like a safe environment a great mm -hmm. network but sometimes we really have to get out of the the comfort zone to really uh, go for our passion that's what uh, what you're doing so it's seven places take us a little bit on the journey on what mm -hmm. project are you currently focusing because the seven places and especially the seventh place as i learned in our uh -huh. a little pre-discussion you have like a, a special content mm -hmm. you already briefly uh well focused and shared the areas that you're focused on what mm -hmm. is currently the main focus because we all know due to corona yeah. like the gastro scene is really like disrupted maybe this might be the best moment to disrupt it completely and also create mm -hmm. a future space but what projects are you if you can share it what project are sure. you currently working on and how as you said like sometimes it's in automobile it's a bit easier because you have a mobile one and it's like it's smaller but in mm -hmm. in construction it's like it's not so agile yet how do you yes. uh, how do you get in there yeah our projects are currently two of them are more in the touristic sector and the customers are public they are cities they have budget and they said we want to create this really outstanding place where we can lead our visitors our tourists it's kind of they're both kind of similar just completely different cities with different um 
yeah backgrounds and so the storytelling is completely different but the background of the project is kind of comparable it's the cities that said we we have some budget to create this an, an amazing representative space about our city or even our um Tur Turingia. It, it's a whole land within germany and um we create smart spaces that transport the identity of the cities and they are supposed to bring emotion to the visitor so they understand on a different level what it's about where they are and it's kind of like a museum but a bit not so old school <laughs> about giving them the identity of the place they are visiting currently but it's also for the locals they can come to and figure out where am I living actually? What's what's the culture behind? And we have so many possibilities with um, technology to submit these um, information. And we um, in, in Erfurt is the first one. It's for the Bundesgartenschau. It's a really big event here in Germany. It's outdoors, fortunately, most of it at least. And we, we built this space. It consists out of three rooms. It's about nature because nature plays a big role. It's about um, local culture, we call it like that, and history. And um, in every of these rooms, we have their own color concept and own emotional storytelling. And we will deliver a whole lot of information, but we try to submit it in a way that it's easily grabbable for the visitor and easily goes into the heart and you can you, you can make use of technology like screens and also big projection areas and we were in the forest of Turingia for three days filming with drones and with mountain bikers and we really try to bring these things close to the people and that's what technology can do we we just use it for our sake and and then we will have like a hall of fame with portraits of old p of old um, historical persons and new persons like Clozo. He's a really well-known singer here in Germany. And um, some of them, they will move in digital frames and you will be like, oh my God, Martin Luther just moved. And now I'm going to read his text because now I'm interested. And we try to make use of technology to really get people. And then we will have that's one of my favorite moments in this uh, in this um, place. We will have the Bratwurst stand because Bratwurst, it's like something to eat out of meat. It's a sausage from Thuringia, but it's like the thing there. And we created, when we pitched the project, we created a trash moment because we weren't sure if we really can do that. Can we really build a Bratwurst stand into that space? And, but we did it and they were laughing all the time when we were pitching. The jury was like looking a bit serious because they are serious in their city and governmental and they're all really serious. And when I when it came to the Bratwurst stand, they were the eyes were shining and they and in that moment I knew yes we won. But we could also have it could also have been what the fuck? Are you serious? So, uh, but yeah. they loved it, yeah. And we will have this bratwurst stand there, and you can you can bake your own bratwurst on a digital interface, and that's the kind of stuff we do with technology and spaces. We we condense the emotion and the the identity and bring it 
we, we transport it differently, but we also use scenographic elements and art. We make like this installation with glass bubbles that, and they are produced in Turingia. That's what we do there. And we do something quite similar, but totally different in the same way in Papenburg. It's known for the Maya Werft. There's a giant Maya Werft in Papenburg and they are known for building ships. And we dived into building ships. We know everything about building ships now and we will transport it kind of in a similar way on three floors. It's giant actually. And through the whole city of Papenburg with the small ships coming up and being played with. And um, yeah, that's what we do for the city and governmental. And um, coming to your question, it's we are really blessed because they always, they make this internet announcement um, we want to build this, you can apply for it, then you have to tell them you, you did something similar before, otherwise you're not allowed to pitch, then you go to the pitch, and um, we won, and it takes like a year from being announced, then applying in the first place, then doing the pitch, pitching, then them taking decisions forth and back, and so we, we were even working for these projects years ahead, and when Corona came, it was the time when they decided and they could have decided, no, we're not going to spend these governmental budgets now. But right after Corona started, both of the projects were saying, OK, come on, we'll do it because the public ones were saying we have to spend. We're the only ones who have to spend the money right now, because if we don't spend the money, who will spend the money? And so they did. And that was our stroke of luck in that in that terms and also uh, one other really big project we're working right now on the construction zone is not far from Stuttgart a really big um, retailer and they and also a long time ago we started with this project and now it's being built um, they want to make the future of shopping reality so we thought about how to engage with shoppers what to bring over to them um, beyond like the usual films of fashion what can we do? How do we catch them also with experiences that aren't only technological um, enabling events, but with special spaces that are dedicated to these events and that can be transformed every day. Today, it's a yoga space. Tomorrow, you can have a DJ and the day afterwards, you will have maybe a fashion show there because they have to bring experience. The, the pure buying things everyone does on the internet. Everyone does it on, in Amazon. You go to the city for having like the greatest party of your life. That's why people go to the city right now and retailers start to learn that and they did, really did. And we are blessed there as well to be the ones who, who always bring it to life. <laughs> yep, that's the story of our current projects. Wow, that's that's pretty inspiring. Like from the variety of projects you're working on, and as well, I well in, in my imaginary eyes, I just saw that in the context that I'm working, it's normally always events, so it's a lot more short term, mm. and you really can build visions like in a museum context, yes. kind of museum context, mm -hmm. or like a, a corporate showcase place, yes. like for for Myver, which really will 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 be there for for decades ahead and so it's really mm -hmm. like you can put like the things that are maybe just at the beginning to emerge like vr and ar but yes, also exactly. combine it for for the spectator to see mm -hmm. like it's um it's moving and so that's uh that's pretty uh, yeah. well, pretty cool and inspiring it is it's like so it gives you so much it's so stressful building is it's unbelievably stressful building innovative is even worse because you're the first one who did it and oh 
we have bugs. <laughs> we have bugs all the way and we have to fix them and we do. But it always, it's always on the verge of, will we make it? Will we be able to deliver as promised? But when you did, and we always do, then you can be so proud. And as you say, it stays. It stays with some bugs sometimes and you have to fix them a year later too, again. <laughs> but it's, it's there to stay and you can go back to a place you created. Even when you pitched for something, you were sitting there at night and thinking, oh, let's build this giant kind of ship inside the room. And two years later, you step inside it it was in your head. That's where it started in your head. And you walk into it two years later. That's like goosebumps. Really, I love this. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. When, when ideas and visions become reality in this moment, when uh, when it actually ends up even being being better than imagined, that's so... Yes. Phew. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> you yeah, know that from, too. From I time guess. to time, there are these moments when really like, yeah visions become reality and that's mm -hmm. really powerful because then you yeah you got this feeling that you can have an impact and i think that's mm -hmm. uh, that's both of us we we want to have we want to have an impact to do a contribution yeah. and and collaborate but i'm also interested because currently we see all the downtowns like no no yeah. persons all the shops closed um they will be opening up again what do you see in a sense because the well the e-commerce won't go away how do these downtown areas how do you think they will evolve how do they have to evolve and develop in order to stay sexy not just for the parties like what yeah. what concepts do you see there you already mentioned a bit that this mm -hmm. has to there have to be like transformative spaces very yes. uh, one day yoga one day this but how mm -hmm. uh, how do you see technologies coming in there Mm -hmm. So first of all, that's a question we're being asked a lot because it's a great pain of many, not only the retailers, but all the time hoteliers or office people, they were supplying office spaces right downtown as well. Um, usually the answer was, yeah, they have space needs, a lot of space needs. There will be more hotels for what reason I never understood because we have so many, but okay. We need at least more great hotels, well-designed hotels, community hotels, and also office spaces. But right now, this crisis is shaking this up as well. So big, big, big spaces that were kind of dedicated for the, to the future of working might not be taken for that either. So it's all about co-spacing, I think. We will have these micro um, villages and cities within cities people want to have a lot of things within their right um, environment their direct environment like shopping not only that they need um, gastro they need hotel but really all that in a much smaller um, scale but community things too like where are the cultural spaces where are the public spaces for art where are the spaces to bring your kids when you go to work or when you work from home, um, all these much smaller scale spaces, you don't have to go and drive out of the city to do some sports. We need to integrate these things into our micro environment. And that's what we see. We see a mega trend for micro living in the first place where people are living on a much smaller space because we have this minimalism trend and it will keep going especially with the upcoming um, with the upcoming generations and we also um, we have this trend to put this further 
into other kinds of our lifestyle like shopping like eating like going out it will be a much it will be these small environments we create and then from there we will jump to the other neighborhood small environment if we want to see something else and we see this already in cities because people love it they love their kids and they love their area and I, we love living in stuttgart west south and we identify with it and maybe we will one day identify with living in quarters and they have names and they have their own identities, but you can connect with other quarters. And I think this co-spacing, this usage of big spaces with many, many small usages, this will be something that we need people who are able to deliver the space for that because there is a lot of specialization in the building industry and people can only build office or only hotel or only shopping. And we need to melt these and make them much more um, individual and user friendly, I think. Wow, that, that's powerful. That's totally powerful because I, I really see the, the competence that you have to bring to the table currently because hey, there is so much specialization in these areas. And I think the need in these, well, in the downtown Stuttgart area, there are so many office spaces right now all yeah. empty because everybody had it to home office. Exactly. But for startup environments, it could be really interesting to have these Absolutely. micro living that people live yeah. together, they work together, but exactly. then you don't want these uh, huge distances. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see as well how, how this in a way also changes mobility needs. I think Absolutely. that's another well, another interesting topic. If we have these micro micro spaces, micro mm -hmm. villages, with this also related some people currently like with me, with a family, I think it could be nice to be in a countryside if mobility will also go the next step that we have autonomous uh, autonomous yeah, driving yeah. that we can work from everywhere. But I really feel the community aspect is so yes, core to design really for community. Communities are, and we see that they're in the online life. One thing that is coming up explosively and now they're, they have to, and they will come to real life, to analog life. And we will maybe, and that's also our contribution from seven places and, and to your question, how we can make it happen. We can build those spaces. That's not the problem, but how to, collect the people, how to reach people when they sit on their couch and we want them to meet in co-spaces. You need to have a melting of both worlds. You need to catch them on their mobile devices and bring them to the, to the space where the experience takes place and maybe melt it over there too. You have a solution upcoming, I heard, <laughs> for also having a merging of real life and digital life. And then you bring them back to their couch and they can enjoy themselves there. So this really will melt into each other. And we are so excited that we can kind of see it already and we can create it. Well, yeah, it's, it's true. Like the analog spaces are digitally enhanced. And right now, for example, one current phenomena is Clubhouse, which is a di digital space, audio only. But people really have a feeling of being together in a room, listening to each other and bringing these worlds together that like digital communities also get together in the real world and and have an impact there because currently i think we're all a bit like zoom fatigue of these digital things it's good to mm -hmm. try try on uh, try on something new but mm -hmm. diving a bit deeper into these digital spaces because we're working a lot on digital events there are digital spaces and stages from a psychological perspective 
Some approaches have been that they build like a fairground with like similar booth that you would see mm -hmm. in the normal world. And other approaches are, for example, Tomorrowland went all mm -hmm. in and they created a completely crazy island with a like surreal world. Where do you see the point? How in the digital space or in the digital world do you want the people to experience surreal things or is it better to keep them in a comfortable known space or what's the, the balancing that you would go for if you mm -hmm. have all the, the possibilities at hand with these digital tools and, and creation possibilities? So the question or the answer sounds easy, but it's usually true. It depends on the use case. <laughs> so I think when you want to create something like Tomorrowland and Tomorrowland is about serial experiences in real life and you want to just copy it in the digital world, you need to go to that psychedelic <laughs> path and you need to do it that way if you want to recreate it in the digital world. But if the use case is to really build a well-being space in the analog world, in the world where we can touch things, if the use case is to make people feel good about themselves, then there's not much need to make a crazy virtual room to make that happen. But you need to bring them into a really good, well-made, well-designed space in real life with natural materials with like sustainable um, elements with arts with everything that digital life will never never be able to deliver and then you can make use of the digital world to bring other people there as well but then it doesn't have to be very fancy in the digital part or you can use the digital world because you have one see-through screen in there that enhances with art and the art comes over there also and is enhanced digitally so that's that's a use case that really really makes a lot of sense um, so I think as as always it depends on the use case if you want to make a wholly virtual museum experience then you can copy a real museum with all the senses and try it in the virtual world and you can go crazy there um, but if you want to make if you put priority on on other things like well-being then it won't be on the digital side I think basically yeah that's true Well, I recently heard concept about the Internet of Senses, uh, a real mm -hmm. bit like in the world, in the direction of Ready Player One, where we have these haptical senses as well emerging. But I, I feel at the same time, there is still so much to improve in the analog, analog space that yeah. let's focus on this one. Let's focus on the sense and let's focus yeah, on, mm -hmm. uh, on the on the human beings to make to create the best experience possible for yeah for for all of us. Yes, we're multisensual beings. It all starts with the senses. And the the phone or the, the tablet or the computer, it can, can only limit in a limited way have response to all our senses. And the real the real life can much more. And that's why we really are fans of bringing the experience out of these devices back into the space and then much better control how we how often digital elements occur or how big their impact really is um, because if it all takes place in the space we can get our heads out of these devices again and that's also something we see it will be much more smaller maybe one day maybe in 20 years nobody will have a smartphone it will all be spread all over the place the intelligence 
everywhere. That's something I'm really excited about. Yeah, to, to live in these times of uh, of rapid change and also like for for your side as well, like designing it and, and being always at, at the edge of, of the development. Yeah. When you're conducting your innovation workshops, can you share some creativity hacks? That, how mm. do you bring people out of their mindsets and really like spark what you're doing currently to me, like spark this imagination? What <laughs> is what is possible down the road and how to do the first step? Can you share some like workshop workshop hacks from your experience? It's a really good question because sometimes it's really easy because you have customers that are already like pulsating creativity and they have and i'm sometimes overwhelmed because i don't know where to put all their ideas that happens and sometimes it happens really really um unexpectedly with people you never thought they would be like that but they are and um, that's that's the fun part then you have to structure it <laughs> and just kind of make something make put it into a way we can i have one customer the ones with the shipbuilding he he will be okay with me telling you about that he's like he calls me five times a day and says katarina katarina i have another idea what if we like if we have this this storyteller and it's it's a graphic novel uh, comic figure and they they fly into the room and i'm like okay we will figure a way out how to do it and it's it's a gift but it's also sometimes i'm like oh my god how am i gonna do this now um, and then there are the customers who are like uh, we have pretty much not so many ideas we know we have to do something and and we need the customers to be part of the creative process because of course we're creative we can say oh your task is to tell us about your retail store let's uh, let us do the work but that's that will never be authentic so we have to make them be part of the process and we have tools like of course, like the classic design thinking methods, but also we bring some inspirational um, panoramas. Um, we will we have posters for each uh, like um, branch or each each area we're working in. Like for example, hospitality, and we will bring like just um, impulse pictures, mood boards, and ideas or quotes or like just statements of ours, like. Um, I don't know, like you are a platform for journeys. And then we ask them, what does that do with you? What is your first idea about that? Or saying, what's your idea about Gen Z? Have you ever thought about it? So we bring these impulses and then we steer them through it. And usually somewhere on our poster, there's something they can relate to. And that's the starting point. And from there, we just guide them. Wow, that, yeah, that's a, that's a cool method to really bring people into thinking about all generations. But on the other hand, also like making them a, a bit, let's say, uncomfortable, but also challenging them. Like, yeah. what do you come up with there? And from there on, finding a, finding a common starting point. So something I cannot recommend is ever starting with a white paper if you have people that aren't too much into creativity from their own. White paper makes them anxious <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> yeah well, yesterday i had uh, i was talking to a show director and he said he always starts with music and so i, I think it's really mm -hmm. interesting what's what's a good starting point if you want to drive something emotionally if you want to mm -hmm. uh yeah if you want to get people's attention but also if you want to get their uh their buy-in right now we talked about the starting point also the seven places what is actually the ending point what is this seventh place 
Yeah, you got me there already last time because the seventh place is on purpose a place that isn't really defined. We have our six other places where we say it's the smart restaurant, it's the smart hotel because smart doesn't only mean technology, it also means thinking about the way the space is used in a smart way and in an inspiring way. That's smart for us. And we have all these, these branches where we say smart and intelligent and cool and nice. And then we have the seventh place. That's like our future place because we said we need room for something that isn't yet defined because in what we are doing, there is so much undefined. And every day we discover new technologies we haven't known before or new ways of spaces. I'm sure there will be 10 years from now, there will be places we have no idea about today. We don't even know this kind of experience exists. Maybe it's a virtual room or a psychedelic room. It's a capsule downtown. You can step inside and it looks different for everyone because it docks on your neurons, maybe in your brain. Who knows? <laughs> maybe we'll all have like a transmitter in our blood cells and our environment will always know what's our favorite color. Um, and so that's maybe this is the placeholder for all the crazy things nobody imagines now or all the crazy things people imagine but we don't do yet so it leaves space for everything that's there to come and maybe the virtual world as well because it will play a big role living free space is also part of the dundu concept because to be as the creator of dundu he said it's not about the structure it's about the freedom the free spaces in between because it's about this co-creation process where people see something. And I think it's really great that you by design put it into the name of the agency <laughs> that you come with the six places, but then there's yeah. the space where you create uh, something together and, and talking about free spaces and public spaces, there has been this concept of reclaiming public space for artists. Currently the arts can mostly just happen outside or inside, but just with streaming formats. How do you see the need for cultural institutions to recreate also, or also reclaim these, these spaces for, uh, well, from cities and also like mm -hmm. for cities on the other hand as well, the need to create these free spaces, be it co-space at some point, how much yeah. curation do you need and how much hmm. freedom, like at, at Wagenheim, we have this concept of like creative humors that in a way you, you leave something for good and then mm. something will emerge by its own. Because if you design everything, if you plan everything, yeah. the plan will, will be plan A, plan B, but sometimes you also have to, to leave free space. I think it's mm. like a little bit a tricky question. But yeah, it is. How much <laughs> freedom do we need as well? And how, how mm. can you also promote this to, uh, to cities for, for the mm. arts, for, for this blank space? Also, also already you, you said it's hard to start with a blank space but, uh, or a blank canvas, a blank paper. For artists, it isn't. <laughs> artists love blank spaces. We love blank spaces. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a really difficult question. I love it though. Because it's, there's always this ambivalence about giving freedom to people, but trusting them to make something out of it that's for society's good. And if you let artists, and most 80%, 90, 99% of all the artists out there, they will only have good intentions. And they will only do something with blank spaces that inspires most of people. But maybe there it leaves space for 1% and that's applicable to every political question out there. Um, 
one there's always one percent assholes and that applies to these blank space usages as well and we see it in cities and they stay in the mines and cities they have um they have this huge responsibility and if they do things wrong if they leave blank spaces to the wrong people even if it's only one in a million or one in a thousand then they are the ones who did the mistake and not the one who actually is the asshole and so it's a really difficult question but i think there's no black and white there's also a gray space in between to have collaborations that are proved and that um where you can trust like that's also a a part of community building there what what speaks against cities building communities with artists and they will absolutely trust in this community and the community will regulate itself and it will make sure that this the blank spaces are used for society's sake and i would absolutely support initiatives like that we would absolutely be interested in being part of it and if you have ideas how to become a collaborative um we would be we would be in that's and we have good contacts to the cities because out of our other initiatives and projects we approach them and say we have ideas and if you come up with something it's always better than just proposing what do you think if we would make something of blank spaces they might not know what's the benefit but if you go with the concept and say we have this concept and see i visualized it and the benefit is this this and this and you actually only need to supply the blank space we don't want your money that's always a uh, good argument <laughs> then they're there they might be really really supportive so let's do something together there well <laughs> I, i can't wait in where our studio is it's called kulturschutzgebiet so a cultural preservative mm -hmm. in in a way and i think that's that's the concept that we for kunstverein wagenheim found uh, which is a, a space where some new things can emerge where we leave some free spaces and then also like curated from uh, from time to time and i can't wait to take you uh, on a mm -hmm. tour around there and also get your uh, more futuristic visions on the mm -hmm. other hand but also i think it's it's this sharing component that's so important in these times that like how can people learn from each other and elevate uh, each mm -hmm. other's uh, experience on on the journey yeah, absolutely. well that was a, a total treat thanks for taking us uh, through <laughs> these different places through your experience through your uh, crazy life and uh, creating <laughs> uh, like getting these calls of crazy ideas and <laughs> I, i love this yes and attitude that you really uh, already got back in the days when we were strolling through moscow but uh, yeah. but still i can see still this uh, this attitude i think uh, you uh, yeah i'm so glad that you 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 jumped into into the the unknown and found this passion is there anything else from your experience that you would like to to share with our listeners it's artists is is makers is is directors that you could say hey about space design that's your uh, your last sparkle of wisdom for for this podcast obviously i think everyone can become a space designer that's my journey <laughs> and We sometimes really underestimate the power of space. And we think about our headspace. We we got into that. That's a big trend now. Everyone is kind of into the meditation game right now. But the next, after our head, the next environment is our body. And we both are runners. So that's really important. And sports. And the next 
closest space to you is your living space and don't underestimate its power it's if it's putting plants if it's just like cultivating it i i'm i'm that kind of person when i step into a place i just stop and look and let it flow through me it really does flow through me and that's why it's my passion because i feel every part if there's like wires in the back of my apartment that i don't want there it bugs me it bugs me and i think i'm really extreme about that but many people come to me and say how do you do it when i come to your apartment it's always like ah it feels good it's like a spa treatment why can't i have it in my home i say you can but you have to be aware of its power just the way you are aware of the power of your body and your mind over your well-being and if we try and start to realize that and and handle the space we live in in this way then then we will progress as human beings i'm absolutely convinced of that well space hygiene space innovation yes. from the head through the body through our environment yes thanks so much for for <laughs> these insights for this wisdom and i will also recreate some space here i think also like my <laughs> i space can is, help <laughs> my space was it's, just it's, a pitch actually <laughs> Come on. Yeah, my space is probably by design a bit chaotic because sometimes these ideas emerge, but I can also say, yeah, from it's time authentic. To time. It's great. <laughs> Thanks so much for yeah, for your time, for your insight. It was a, Thank you, was a pleasure. Thank you too. I'm looking forward. See you soon. What an inspiring conversation with Katerina and as well a great catch up with my old study buddy. Um, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. We're diving into different topics from the arts towards events, technology, and especially like you can support us if you follow us on Instagram at CArtsNow, but as well subscribe on Spotify or even leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That would mean a lot to me and the team. And yeah, let's keep in touch. Let's see arts. 